Well, hello, everybody. This is Single Life with Dr. G, dating over 40. And this is Dr. G, your love doctor coming at you. You know my mission is to help you stay sane in the crazy world of dating. As you know, I became a part of this crazy dating world about 11 years ago now. I tell you, has it been a roller coaster ride? With what I do for a living as a psychologist and as a single woman out here, I combine both of those things together to help you stay sane because I've been able to stay sane in this crazy world. We are so excited that you are joining us again for the third episode in season two, where all we talk about is hot topics, those topics that burn your ears, those topics that you talk about with all your friends. You know how you do. And sometimes it can start arguments because we don't agree. So what I've decided to do was to bring people together to have the conversation and the discussion. It's really not about that we have to agree all the time. It's really about listening to each other. And that is what is so important when we talk about relationships. When we discuss the hot topics, everybody's coming together with their opinion. Their opinion is based on their experience. And when you come together, you can get to see the other person's side. That's what we do when we're talking about all these hot topics. While we're talking about hot topics, I want you to make sure and go to my website at drgladney.com where you can purchase the best-selling book, Power of Attraction, Getting the Man You Need, Not Want, and a lot of other resources. And make sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to join our Facebook group, Single Life with Dr. G, Dating Over 40, where we discuss the hot topics, put polls in there, and guess what? I pick my guest from that group. So you want to make sure and join us. Now, we are getting ready for a real hot topic. I'm talking about one that's been around for as long as I can remember. But today we're going to be talking about interracial dating and interracial couples. Hmm, Where do you fall with that one? Of course, you know, I'm going to have some wonderful guests joining us. But in our segments, we have the Did You Know? Then we have the candid conversations with our special guests. Then we're going to have some crazy dating stories. And I always leave you with a challenge. I want you to kick back and I want you to really listen. Some of you are on the treadmill right now. Some of you are driving. Some of you are just sitting back with your glass of wine and enjoy this discussion that's coming up. I want to give you some facts here, some statistics. Did you know that interracial marriage only became legal in 1967? That's right. If you were interracial couple before 1967 and you wanted to get married, it was not legal. 1967, that was during some of our lifetime. Some of you all on here weren't quite born. But I'm telling you, that wasn't too long ago. So I want you to think about what has happened during that time. About 10% of the marriages are interracial. So that's not really a high number because that converts over to about 11 million people who are currently 
married in interracial marriages. Since 1980, the number of Black individuals marrying someone of a different ethnicity or race has increased from 5% to 18%. If you look at the ratio of Black men and Black women, Black women marry outside of their race less often than men. Only 9% of the Black women date or marry a white man, while 24% of Black males end up with a white woman. Now, these are the statistics. It doesn't include all the other races within this particular statistic, but I thought this was interesting. It says 11% of the couples are Black and white, 11%. So just sit on that a moment. Now, we did this poll in our Facebook group, and I asked the question first, how many people date outside of their race. 49% said they would if they had the opportunity. 47% said they prefer their own race. And only 4% date outside of the race. That was an interesting number. Uh, You know, 49%, almost half the people said they would if they had the opportunity. Then we asked the question, how do you feel about interracial couples? 70% said they're fine with it. People should love who they love. 8% said they're bothered by Black men with other women. 8% said they're bothered by Black women with other men. And then 4% said, ah, they don't see color at all. They're color, that love is colorblind and it just doesn't matter. I thought we would start out this conversation with those statistics. And I'll say more after we introduce our wonderful guests. Today we have with us Bobby Cassio, Adonis Miller, and Sherry Blair. Let's welcome them to our show. I'm going to give them an opportunity to introduce themselves. So, Bobby, why don't you tell us who you are and a little bit about you? Hi, Dr. G. First, what an honor it is to be chosen for your show. I listen every week. I've been here with you since the beginning. I really think it's brilliant what you're doing, and it certainly has opened up some conversations that need to be opened up. Again, just very excited to be here. Doc, you know, in conversation, I was sitting here thinking, I've been an entrepreneur almost all my life. I've been self-employed. My last W-2 was in 1992 kind of telling my age a little bit here, but definitely an entrepreneur at heart. I like to find products and services online that need representing, and I love to design marketing campaigns and go out and bring them to the world. That's really my passion. And of course, like you, find myself back in the dating world. I was married for 24 years with the same man for 26, and I've been single now for 17. Certainly, as you put it, the crazy world of dating. That's all. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Robbie. Next, we'll have Sherry. Hello, everyone. I am Sherry Blair. Been knowing Dr. G for a long time, right? Living in the Dallas, Texas area. I'm a flight attendant with Southwest Airlines. I've been married and divorced. I generally go toward long-term relationships. Just got out of a relationship. It's been about a year. And getting back into the dating world along with the pandemic And it has kind of forced me to not so much meet a guy out, but the online dating, which is, uh, it's it's opened up some new ideas for me. 
just trying to be open and, and accept that and very excited about it, uh, trying to stay excited about it. Thank you, Dr. G, for inviting me. I do have some feelings and opinions and about all types of dating, and I'm glad I'm able to talk about the interracial dating today. And last but certainly not least. Well, first of all, thank you for having us all on the show. I'm 58 years old. I was born and raised in the suburbs outside of Los Angeles in a small town called Compton. Many of you have not heard of it. <laughs> right out of Compton? <laughs> Way before the song. Um, I've been in the Dallas area for the last 15 years. I was married for 20 years. We dated for five years before we got married. So I was the same woman for 25 years. She was African-American as well. I've been divorced for eight years. And I've only had two serious relationships since in those eight years. My female friends say that I'm picky, but I say, gosh, no, it's not really. It's just that I think at my age, I'm not going to just settle for something that I would when I was 25. So it's a lot to be desired. Okay, great. So you see that we all have had these experiences with these long-term relationships and have found ourselves in the crazy world of dating. So we bring something a little bit different to the table. Now, as we're talking about this today, I'm going to set the stage because this is what I hear and I've been hearing for a very long time. First of all, I, I think we're going to put this kind of in categories, but, but way back when I was started out as a school teacher and I was working with a lot of teenage girls, I had a nonprofit organization called Young Educated Sisters. A part of it was the self-esteem and the self-image that the girls were fighting with back then when they felt like that the boys their age would not choose them that they were choosing either the white girls or other girls. I created programs and things way back then to try to help the girls deal with this whole thing. And it made them not feel beautiful. It made them not feel gorgeous. And of course we say, okay, they were in junior high and high school. Do we really call it love back then? Or was this the fad? What was it? But I had to deal with that. So it put me on a pathway to really take a look at what this really is. Is this really something? And I started doing, yeah, y'all know I'm a research buff, started doing the research and trying to figure out what was happening because it was damaging our young girls. As I grew older, I had children. So I have a son and my son has married Hispanic, wonderful, wonderful daughter-in-law she is. In dealing with this, and I have it in my family, the interracial couples and all of that. But as we look at this, and at this time in our lives, and like I told you, it's just been since 1967, that this has been okay, legally to do. So it's like, it's something that's going on. Sometimes it could appear as, as a bad or not. When we talk about this, I know that there's something that's called love that's in this. But as we discuss it, a lot of times we're not looking at people like, oh, they love. It's like a preference. So I want you all to say where, what side that you fall on. Has everybody on here dated outside of their race? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we all have. We have dated outside of our race. So we need to make that known as we have this discussion. But now when I ask the question in the group, does it bother you when you see black men with other women? And I was shocked that the percentage was low because that's all people talk to me about all the time. And I was like, well, is this a secret? Is this something that people don't want to talk about? Because I know how it's been affecting particularly black women. I know that in having that conversation and what does that 
feel like. So I've already told you the background from which I came. So I started really watching it. And it was bothersome. It was bothersome to me just because I knew how it was impacting the self-esteem of Black women. And then when you see the numbers, that the numbers of our men are so much smaller than any other racial group. And it just seemed like it's not going to be enough of our men to go around for the women in our race. And so I kind of started wondering, okay, is this really real? Is this really love? Is this a forbidden fruit? Is this, you know, because I read books back in the day and, and Eldridge Cleaver, I think his book, when he was saying the reason why black men are with the white women is because it's the forbidden fruit. And that's the way they can get, I mean, it's so much way that you could look at this psychologically and rationalize it out besides the love. But that's why it's important to have this conversation. What was your experience when you dated outside your race? Well, I'll go first. When I dated outside my race, it was many, many, many years ago. I was actually in high school. One of the things that led me to start dating outside of my race is because the very few African-American guys that we had in our school were drawn toward the white girls Anyway, and doing high school in your, your teenage years, you got raging hormones. And I was hanging out more with white people at that time. We was going to an all-white, practically all-white school. My friends were all white. I was a cheerleader, so I hung out with athletic guys, and it just kind of like kind of happened. It was short term, but it happened a few times. It wasn't the black guys that were trying to hit on me. It was the white guys. And it's like, well, why not? Because I was a, a cheerleader and they were an athlete, basketball, football, track. And they were in some of the same sports that I was in. So we just kind of like connected that way. And that was our interest, which got us together. So it was many, many, many years ago. However, it was something that I experienced. Okay. So you haven't dated outside your race since you've been? Not since then. Okay. Um, interesting, Sherry, that you say that. I, I can go back. The statistic blew my mind. I guess I didn't realize 1967 is when interracial marriage became even legal. But I know that my very first boyfriend was Black. In 1976, was the only Black person in my entire school. And uh, yeah, so I'll never forget, he asked me to the senior prom and I came home as excited as can be because I didn't grow up in what I thought was a prejudiced household, it was just never discussed because it was never around. And I came home and my brother had already pulled up the yearbook and showed my parents who I was going to prom with. And, and I was sat down and grounded and all of the craziness. And so I found ways around it. This young man's best friend was white, lovely young man. He would come to the house and pick me up. And he would take me, you know, we would meet places where there weren't a lot of people. We dated for about seven, eight months before it just got so tiresome to hide. But I can tell you, my father and I didn't speak over that for almost two years. Wow. 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 So it, you know, it was a very interesting time in my life to learn about the dynamic of race because I had never dealt with it until I was 16. And at 16, all of a sudden, race became an issue in my life where I had never even dealt with it before. Of course, I say, of course, I went on. I did marry a white man, loved him dearly, have two kids, was married. Like I said, we were together for a total of, what, 26 years total. But I've been single for 17, Dr. G, and I haven't dated a white man since I've been divorced. So your preference is, is black men or other men? 
just other men, but it tends to be black men. Yes. Okay. So Bobby, as a Caucasian woman, you're dating black men. What is the experience when you see black women or how do people respond or react to you when they see you out? It depends on the environment. Even if I'm with a group of girls that are primarily black, if I go into a club that is primarily black, I don't feel out of place by any stretch. However, I am definitely looked upon like, what are you doing here? I've actually been cornered in the ladies room and been asked, what are you doing here? Which completely blew my mind. And fortunately, a girlfriend noticed that I was gone for a little longer than, than I should have been. She came in, intervened, and got me out of the bathroom. And this was as little as seven years ago. Mm. It's, it's interesting. If you're in a mixed environment, it doesn't seem to be an issue. But if I'm primarily the, the, the minority in the group, it's a completely different attitude and completely different feel, feeling when I'm out and about, for sure. Okay. Do black women ever come up and say anything to you? Do you feel looks? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They do. Very much so, Doc. I've had people come up and say, you know, good for you. And I've had people come up and say, you know, why don't you just date your own race and leave the black men to the black women? Mm, Interesting. Wow. What do you respond to that? I don't. Oh, my response would typically be love is blind. Okay. I was going to say, you probably don't need to respond to them. <laughs> For me, Doc, why respond to ignorance? Because that's how I look at it. Okay. Have you at any time felt that you could understand why, even if it's ignorance, why a Black woman may feel that way? That's a good question. Um, it's hard to put the shoes on the other foot, Dr. G. It's really hard. I want to say yes, but I think probably deep down inside, I still am a little bitter about it. If I was being totally honest, I don't understand it. Okay. I want to, but I don't. Okay. And this is good. This is why this conversation is so important and is so needed that we could, based on our experiences, that we can understand where each other comes from and just have an empathetic way of dealing with people. That's really what it's about. Not that we have to agree again, but just the understanding. Uh, thank you for your candidness, Bobby. What is your experience? Well, first of all, Bobby, I had the same experience in a women's bathroom, too, asking me what I was doing there. So, But it's probably just something totally different. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, but anyway, I, you okay, Dr. G? <laughs> you all right? That was right. priceless, Adonis. That was priceless. So, <laughs> that was a good I, one. I, I went to a uh, middle school that was um, so multiracial uh, in just the graduating class of ninth grade was over 700 people. And it was a large middle school. So it was the biggest middle school on this side of the Mississippi. And whatever race, creed, and religion, everything you could think of was there. I dated uh, what, what little you can date in middle school. You know, I got my girlfriend, you know, give her some now and later. She's my girlfriend. So from Samoans to Filipinos to Mexicans, you just name it. Then, you know, in high school, I went to a Catholic school. And even though my girlfriend was always African-American in high school, it's just because I was around mostly African-American women. So whatever I was around, then when I went to college, I, I went to a majority college where we thought we were cool because we had 10% African-American at the, at the, in the UC system. That was the highest in the UC system. And because UCLA probably had like 3% or something like that. We had double digits, 10% on NEC system. Again, started dating what I was around. I think the longest relationship I had outside, you know, outside my race was an Indian woman. 
So I did go to Mississippi Masala for a little while. So I did. I got to learn a little bit about that culture. And I think what ended it was when I, I found out her dad was a professor at the college and she went to go run and say hi to him. And I was sitting at the table with some other Indian people and I said, oh, I'm about to go meet her dad. They said, oh, you sit back down. And then I was taught about the caste system and that, hey, how, you know, this other Indian woman said, if I was living back at home, my family would probably be working for her family um, because we would be considered fishermen and because of how dark our skin is and things like that. And, that, and that's where I learned about the caste system. And she told me she was going to go to my fraternity black and white ball of all things, a black and white ball. But, <laughs> and she said that I was going to have to pick her up over Gita's house, her friend's house, because she didn't know what her parents would do if I came to pick her up. I said, girl, I understand because my mama would not like to see you if you couldn't have to put a hot comb in your ear. She feel the same way. So I just threw it back at her and she was shocked. And I and, and finding out that I'm supposed to be understanding about picking you up over some friend's house, but you're not supposed to be understanding about how my parents would feel about it, even though my parents would probably be okay with it. But that's what let her know that it goes both ways. But, you know, as I graduated from college, I, I don't recall doing a whole lot of dating outside of my race, maybe here and there, but nothing really significant. When I met uh, my wife, she's African-American. We, uh, we were friends at first and we dated for five years and married for 20. But since I've divorced, I dated once outside Filipino girl, lady, she was stunning, but she found out I dated a friend of hers in high school. And I don't know, that's like 37 years ago. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> We had that podcast two weeks ago. So, yeah. <laughs> in high school, 30 some years ago. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know her then. And you guys were friends. And you guys aren't even that close now. Come on. Really? Come on. Is there a time limit? I mean, <laughs> she just wasn't feeling you. And that was a good reason. I'm sorry. Yeah. Break that to well, you. Well, to come to find out, old girl kind of pushed her along the way to make sure that she wasn't going to date me. <laughs> Okay. It's interesting, our experiences that we've had. I want to ask you guys, how do you feel about interracial couples? When you see interracial couples, how does that impact you? Like I said, I have so many conversations. I think when I was saying breaking them up in categories is because love is one thing when people fall in love. Let me tell you somebody that I just know they really love and you don't say a word about anything. That's Charlie Wilson. I've heard his story. I get it. I understand. And I'm not saying that the only people that are in love. I'm just trying to put it in perspective that I've heard some Black men say Black women wouldn't date them. So they go to where they were accepted. And some of the celebrities, because a lot of times we look at celebrities and we think a lot of the celebrities tend to go with other, particularly Black men, tend to go with other women. Sometimes it's because whatever their experience was, they said, I heard Byron Allen say that. I heard Dennis Rotman say it. I heard different ones say that Black women, Black girls, women at the time would not date them. That's something different. Then I hear Black men saying they will not date Black women. That's a problem for, to me. Mm-hmm. It's different when you just meet somebody and you fall for them. But if you only go straight for somebody who in your race, mm-hmm. then to me that becomes an issue. It was a buddy of mine in college. Guys, we look at each other differently. So I wasn't looking at him like women were. He he played baseball and he dated 
only white girls. And we were like, well, maybe because he's on the baseball team. <laughs> you, know, you know, nobody can go to the baseball game. And that's excuses in my mind, I gave. But I remember him walking down the hallways of the dorm and saying, all these black girls ain't nothing but bees. And I'm like, what? And it was a sister standing out uh, in the doorway. And she said, does that include your mother and your sister? <laughs> and I fell over cracking up. They had a discussion in her doorway. And I don't know how long it went because I left. But a couple of weeks later, we graduated. And I found out those two started dating and he, they got married. <laughs> married for like 20-some years. They're divorced. Now you have three kids. Since he divorced, he married, he married an Asian woman. And they're divorced now. I'm like, see, the common denominator is you, brother. But when you only exclusively date outside, I find most women appealing. I've dated almost everything but a white woman. I just think that... If you just if you find people appealing and, and they're they're gorgeous to you and you like them for whatever reason, I have no problem. But when you exclusively like exclude your race to date someone else, that I got a problem with. Yeah, you know, I really do. Yeah, that's their own self identity. Yeah, and I understand you could try to find out where they grew up and everything else, but at the same time, I mean. If a chocolate sister go by and you ain't seen one, you're like, well, dang, that's what I've been missing. You know? yeah. So I, I just don't get that. I'm open to any and every, but I just, it's never been exclusive. And I know you, you like what you like, but she's just a rainbow out there to like, not just one. Right. I agree. Sherry, go ahead and expound on what you were saying. Yeah, I think for someone to say that they don't date their own race and it's said with kind of a rage or like no way it's like look in the mirror what what do you hate about yourself? Yeah, what happened to you yeah yeah exactly what happened to you where you cannot even accept yourself yeah. or your mom your sister cannot celebrate that or enjoy that or even want to be with that so i think that's a whole nother topic right there is self-love because you're going to have to love yourself before you can put that love on the outside. Because if you love yourself, true enough, you're going to love everybody, regardless of the shade that they have. First, you got to love yourself. And for you to exclude one particular race that happens to be the race that you, you're in, do you hate your skin? There are some people that just really hate being Black. And they have said it. They don't like that. And there's been plenty of... Uh, movies and short stories made about stuff like that. So they it's the self-acceptance that it starts there on that. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I just had a conversation probably a month ago with a Black guy who does not date Black women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does not. I'm like, do you have daughters? What are you saying? Which to me is where it begins to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Not that you prefer somebody and you everybody's right. preferences is that I don't want you because of the color of your skin. To me, it gets back to the same whole prejudice thing. And it's like, well, how can you be prejudiced against your own people? Your, your mother's a black woman and it becomes this thing. And of course, for me as a psychologist, I want to delve into everybody's mind. I'm like, what's happening in your space? Yeah, that's where the problem is. Go ahead, Bobby. I was just going to say, absolutely agree. To say that you won't just about anything in life uh, just says a lot about you. Mm-hmm. But there is preference. And, and there is attraction. We are attracted to what we're attracted to. Mm-hmm. You know, I would date, I just don't get asked out by white men. I don't know why. I don't know. My son used to jokingly tell me, mom, you just have black men magnet written on your forehead. <laughs> I don't know what it is. 
But, you know, for whatever reason it is, it is what it is. However, again, it's a preference, but it certainly isn't a want. I find all like, like you, Adonis, there is attractive in every single race. There are people you can't keep your eyes off of that you go, get out of jail free card right here. <laughs> I have something, but it's also a question that you kind of like put out there. It's so broad and it needs to be broken down in so many little subcategories. Like, how do I feel when I see a black man with a white woman? It just depends. It depends on the day. It depends on the circumstance. It depends on where I'm at. It depends on, is he looking at me in a, in a shameful way? If she's looking at me in a disrespectful way, or do I really even care? Yeah. 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 Do I really even care? It could just be he just hit a nerve for a second and it passed on by. Because it's like, oh, okay. Something like that. Because like I said, I'm on the airplane and I see people boarding sometimes. And I may see a fine brother step on board and looking for somewhere to sit. And I'm going, and then right behind, oh, okay. Hey, come here. All right. <laughs> do I say that because she's white or do I say that because it's a woman with him? Period. <laughs> not yeah. a black woman, not a black woman. It's a woman with him. Like, okay, here, go ahead and sit down then. You know, next. Well, and you know, you make a good point. And I think now, and I've heard it on the flip side, because a lot of black women now are dating outside of their race and understanding. And when I hear black men talk about it, they don't really like it. And it's really funny to me because I guess they're now experiencing what we have experienced as Black women for a very long time, it does make you question yourself. And like I said, I had the nonprofit organization and I saw how it was impacting teenage girls mm -hmm. and how that shapes what you think about yourself. If your own men don't want you, because typically Asian men aren't running after us. I'm, I'm saying typically. I'm not saying that that doesn't ever happen. Right. Typically, Hispanic men aren't running after us. Asian men aren't running after us. Some white men do. I'm, but if you are not accepted by your own men, where does that leave you as a woman? There have been many times that many women have questioned, well, am I not good enough? What is this thing if your own men reject you and feel put you in a category to make you feel like you're not good enough. But now that we have a lot of Black women that are dating outside of their race, it's a completely different dynamic. I think what we're seeing now, and I think people are becoming a little bit more open, but it does weigh on, from what I've heard in the many, many conversations, you all have to understand how many people talk to me. Mm -hmm how much then I, it makes me analyze situations. And you start looking at a lot of celebrities and it's like, can a black woman, can she be in a space where she don't have to think about money because if these people, they're making millions of dollars. It just makes you feel, yeah. because we do have this interconnection in our community and we do feel like when one succeeds, we all succeed just like Kamala Harris. And none of us trying to be VP, but we feel like we've succeeded. And that's what is called fictive kinship, which is what I did my dissertation on, which is a whole nother podcast. However, just the understanding of understanding what this means, we're all interconnected in our Black community. So it makes it feel like, oh, you know, oh, great, you know, LeBron James' wife is Black. So that means, you know, it, it means something. We really can't explain that so much. But the feeling then also is if I'm not chosen by my own, then what does that say about me? What does that say about my daughters? What does that say about that individual? 
not that a person can't fall in love with somebody. Cause like I told you, my, my son fell in love with, with, um, an Hispanic girl. At the end of the day, I see their love. I know their love. And I kept saying to myself, well, yeah, sister probably wouldn't put up. Look, y'all want me to get real? Yeah. I'm like, okay, because my son is his own person. And I'm like, look, boo, you got to comb your hair. But I know a sister would put up. She would be saying, comb your hair. Whereas she's like, okay, he's fine like he is. I mean, so there's some differences in why personalities connect. So I get that aspect of it. But just helping to bring this to conversation because we spend so many hours talking about this particular subject on many of our couches and different things and, and places and happy hours. And then you see somebody and it's like, what's the, what's up with that? And then, you know, you definitely want the other person, that woman, particularly. So Bobby, just helping you understand, it's like, well, she better be fine. If it's fine, <laughs> it does make you feel like, well, what in the world is going on? And that's just kind of like, I wanted to bring to light a lot of the conversation that people have with me that's not going to be on here to, t- to say anything. You know, in my younger years, I, I would get upset when I would see black and white, whether it's a woman with a white man or a black man with a white woman. And that's interesting, even though I was dating everything. But I, at the time, I was, I, I've never really dated a white woman, though, but... It used to anger me. But as I got older, unless I knew them, I didn't get upset. If I knew them and I'd go like, there's that joke. He only dates that, that race. If I didn't know their story now, I'd care less. But if I know their story, that's when I get a little more involved with it. And then about the celebrities that date or marry white women, I always tell sisters, close your eyes until like you don't know his name or what he does for a living. Would you really date him? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> You know, so just think about some of the cats that you just named, you know, I mean, so good point, kind of a nerd dude. And some of these guys weren't that, they're not that attractive. So you didn't really miss nothing, you know? Well, yeah, which is why I made the point because the guys were saying, look, y'all wouldn't go out with me. You said no. So you get there, but it's, you're right, Adonis, it's so much about the person's story. And so you, you got to hear their story. But then it goes to to the point, like the, the guy that you know and some of the guys that I know and who don't date sisters and they're really nice looking people and that's not their story. Their story wouldn't be, oh, that y'all would go out with me. It's just that they're laser focused on that for whatever reason. I have two points. One is since I've been doing the online dating, I would say the responses I get are probably 60% white guys, 40% black men. I get a lot of hits from white guys. And some of them are like, really meet you? But the fact is that they're white. And, you know, some Hispanics No, I haven't seen any uh, Asians or anything like that. But I have a lot, a lot of white men that's just And maybe it's the site that I'm on. Even, you know what? Even on Black People Meet, white guys creep into that too. Yes, they're there. They're there. Oh, wow. Well, that lets you know that there are some white men that like Black women. That that just might be their preference. And I don't think it's anything new. I just think they're, I think everybody's just coming out the closet now. Everybody coming out of the closet with everything. Coming out with all kinds of things, all kinds of uh, different variations of relationships. I think people just want a mate. They want to find a good mate, somebody that they can relate to. And if it happens to come short, tall, black, white, you know, bring it on. Yeah. And I was very surprised on that because for a long time, I go, no, 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 no. I'm like, you know, online, if y'all have ever done online uh, dating, you 
put the filters in there. You tell them what you want. Use your filters, yeah. You get all this other stuff. You're going like, okay, why did you have me fill out all of this stuff and started all of this? You know, that was a waste of my time. But that is one thing. And I think that's something that we probably need to be aware of, that there are some white guys that are reaching for us out there. Yes. That might be an area that, you know, and honestly, some of you can't say no, like, well, he ain't. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, like, absolutely. why not? Yeah. Either I spend another Saturday night here, you know, on this couch watching Netflix. Yeah. Or give old dude a call, you yeah. know? Absolutely. Well, it's interesting that you say that. I happen to agree. Why rule out any, I mean, I guess where we are today with everything happening politically, the environment that we've been in on the, in the past few years, at some point we have to take race out of the equation if we ever expect to be equal, period. Amen. And if it starts with dating, wh- wherever it starts, it has to start with us. We can't mm-hmm. expect someone else to do something that we're not willing to do ourselves. So we have to step into that environment to create the environment that we personally surround ourselves with. We, we, we do it in our own home. We do it in our own community. And then we do it globally. And unless all of us start to do, nothing is going to change. So I'll start with that. But I want to real quickly, you know, Adonis, you made me laugh because absolutely. Why would you give up any percent of any population if the ultimate goal is someone to accept you and love you for who you are and to have companionship and friendship? for the rest of your life and acceptance, it wouldn't, it shouldn't matter. The only thing that should matter is how do you feel and care about me and how do I feel and care about you? Well, kind of piggyback on that, Bobby. I don't know if you picked up that I've, I've never dated any white woman before. And, and the reason being of that is I always wonder, is this a fetish that you have? You're upset with your daddy. You want to bring me home to piss him off. I've always had this thing where just because you are interested in me, why? And, you know, I, I remember um, on the dating side, I forgot the one that the women starts first and you, oh. they let you know. That's, oh. Yeah, that one. And I'm looking at, what are these white women coming at me for? I'm like, I put it on there, hey, I'm from Compton. You realize I, this is not a tan. You know, so and then, I, then I look, even ones with mega hats. I'm like, what are you, crazy? I have no desire. You know, if, even if the sister had on a mega hat, I wouldn't be interested. So I just don't get it. And that's my preference not to. You know, we have to always do these things about wondering if it's a fetish for people to date outside the rest. I think I love, I just love beautiful women and it doesn't matter. And, you know, I think Dallas is black and white almost. It's not like there's a mega of anything else there. You know, it's, you see spots, but coming from LA, it was just LA, everything. Yeah. Um, so in my surroundings, I just been with sisters. Okay. And the one I said since I've been divorced, the one I, the Filipino lady I dated since I've been divorced, she lived in, in Los Angeles as well. Well, you know, this is this is great conversation. And I believe that we have to continue to have it because while that sounds great, you know, Bobby, and I'm not trying to take anything from race shouldn't be a part. We have what we do have to understand that it is a part because that's who I am. I'm a black woman. I'm proud of it. And I think as we try to make the conversation about the understanding, it's the understanding that some things are going to be as they are in our lifetime and our kids' lifetimes. And there's always going to be separation of races. You know, we talk about this unity. We talk about all of that. I'm saying in people's mind, because this is all mine kind of thing. And I think it's been exacerbated now over this past 
year that mm-hmm. we how polarizing we really are and how people really feel. While we think we've made some strides since 1967, there's still a whole lot of stuff that's going on. I think the way that we're going to be able to understand it is kind of what Adana said. It's like, what's the intent? If a man or woman is saying, I don't want to date somebody within my own race, that is a problem. That's a problem to me. Now, I'm just giving the psychological professional opinion here. That's an issue. But that's an issue that none of us are going to be able to resolve. That's their issue. Exactly. Um, So we can't really deal with that. The other part of of it is the understanding because there's some long, deep-seated things, I think, that comes from within, particularly in our race, particularly our women, and understanding our men because Black women always say they prefer. Now we're opening up because, look, people, like you said, you just want, at the end of the day, you want somebody to treat you right. (laughs) But in the beginning, that's definitely the preference. And, And Black women did not normally step outside it was very, I'm not saying, guys, when I talk about this, trust me, I know there are people out there, so I'm not putting everybody in the box. But I think for us to come to an understanding of where we are right now, it's all in all of our family. I mean, you know, my uncles, my aunts, I got people, interracial couples all in my family. Love them, love the people if you're treating each other right. But knowing the intent and the motive, and it's not just the fad or this is what looks good or- Amen. I'm, all of that to me that's when you get into the problems because I can love I can love people we do have our own preferences based on our own experience what you're willing to, to deal with because I do know it's not a cakewalk you try to mix two cultures together it's a whole different other thing it's what people are willing to do and to go through together if that love is withstanding that's kind of how I feel I have a question for Bobby being that you dated a lot of black men, did of any of those guys that you dated ever took the time to explain to you maybe why black women might have a problem with you dating a black man? Because I think if the black man was to, our black woman was to tell their mate of the other race, like black women might have a problem because in our society, in our neighborhood or in our community, black women see that there's not enough black men anyway. You know, so if I'm bringing you around, they're just saying that's one more minus one. I mean, it is just kind of prepares you. If they were to educate you, I mean, that should be a talk among you guys just as well. Just just like a talk about sex, about kids, about family. They should talk to you about, OK, you're coming into my world. But this is probably the rejection that you're going to have. And this is why you're going to have it. Because you say you were in that restroom with those girls and you didn't know why it was happening and where it was coming from. However, if you would have equipped yourself with a little bit of knowledge as to why the rage was with these black women in this black club and you walking in as one of the other, then you can kind of empathize with them. You would probably be able to communicate to them better as to why that rage was coming and you wouldn't have to wait on your other friend, be it a black friend, to come and rescue you. So I think in some cases, when you do date interracial, sometimes it's up to you when you bring that person into your world to kind of educate them historically, uh, mentally, socially, about what's going on in that world because they are probably oblivious to it. So that's just one thing. 
Absolutely, Sherry. And, and that's a phenomenal question, a phenomenal mm -hmm. question. And the answer to that question is yes. In fact, that's even typically in some instances, as you said, at your first date, there are questions that you specifically ask mm -hmm. to, to get the understanding. Mm -hmm. um, that is a question that I ask. It's very important to me. In my younger years, I didn't ask that question. But as time has progressed and, and I've become more aware, certainly I think it's a very important question that needs to be addressed. And I have absolutely walked through the cultural differences, the expectation differences, um, which I have found very interesting is a lot of what I've heard is that there are things that white women will do for black men that black women will not do. And not just sexually, just in general, mm -hmm. things that are done around the house, things that are, there's just a different treatment per se. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go into all the specifics, but let's keep it very general. Um, yes, absolutely. And even in that instance, no matter what I bring to the table, if you're in a hostile environment, no matter what you bring to the table and no matter how you try to communicate, and, and get someone else to understand that you understand, it isn't going to happen. If there is a, a larger number and you're in an environment, you just have to step back and try not to engage because no matter what you say, it's not going to be taken properly. That's been my personal experience. When I was thinking, um, Sherry I, or Bobby, I think you can get the knowledge and people can prepare you as, as good as you want, but I don't think that you would actually and still, you may be empathetic, but I don't think you would actually be able to feel the same thing what a black woman is actually going through on that instance. But I, th I think it's good to be able to have that empathy, but you still cannot feel what other black women are going through when they see that or what their perception is or whatever it may be. You still want to be able to do that. And, and that's OK. But at least you, you've, you've gotten the most of the knowledge you can get what you have and going through it. Now, the when you gave the statistics early in the show, Dr. G, about since 1980, Marriage of others went from 5% to 18%. That's 41 years. That's not a huge jump. That's just a little over 2%. You know, that's 41 years. So it hasn't jumped that much in that time period. So it's going to take our children. You know, my daughter's dating an Asian guy, and she thought I didn't like him because she said I didn't have a whole lot to talk to him about because her other boyfriend's like grilled and grilled and grilled him. But she was so much younger. You're 24 years old. I don't need to grill him. I'm, we had conversation, and believe me, I understood what, about this guy, but through the conversation, I didn't have to grill him as hard. But I said, tell him, I'll be back. Don't worry. <laughs> so, I mean, they live in Austin. Her surroundings, that's what it's been. Brothers have not approached her. And my daughter is absolutely stunning. I'm not saying that because my daughter, she just is. <laughs> Go ahead, Daddy. Brag on her. Go ahead. Go ahead. And Adonis, I agree with you. I cannot, I truly can't empathize because I can't experience it. There's no way I can sympathize, but I can't empathize because there's no way I can put on the other shoes. Unless I look at a white man dating a black woman, I can put on those shoes. But I, I really have never, it's just not the same for me because talk about hypocritical. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make myself a hypocrite and, and have that feeling towards a black woman dating a white man when I am willing to step outside and do just the opposite. So you're absolutely right. And, and that's actually one of the reasons why I was so excited when Dr. G asked me to be part of this conversation, because it really is about understanding and it is about conversation and, and just really getting to know those differences and have, and I guess empathy would be the right word at this point, to have the empathy for each other in the circumstance that you find yourself in.
Very good. Very well, I do. Uh, one more thing. Yeah, I say empathy because I know for a fact that I have been around some white girls. You know what? They Maybe they have grown up in around Blacks all their life, and they know how to jump right, right in and right back as somebody that's coming after them because they're dating a Black guy. I mean, I've seen it myself, and they are totally comfortable in their skin and totally comfortable in their environment. And I've seen a black girl come after a white girl about dating a black guy, and she knew how to respond. Not not mad, but look, this is this is my life and the life that I live. What's the problem with that? She knew how to stand up for herself and defend herself as to why she's with a man, a man that she's loving. And not just a black man, you know, but this is my man. This is what we're going to do. So you don't have to come charging me up because I'm white. That has nothing to do with us. I mean, I've just seen it from another angle, which in this case, we have all these angles, though, all these different perspectives. So that's why I say, yeah, you can't put your yourself in our shoes. But I'm just saying when the black guy is getting ready to date a white woman and vice versa, I would talk to them. I would say, hey, this is the kind of neighborhood you're about to come into, you know. And some of them are social economic. We're on the same level anyway, but it's just like a money thing. If I'm if I'm here and I'm getting ready to marry a billionaire, I got some things to learn. I have a whole new social background to, to come up to. So it's kind of the same thing to me. You know what? I'm telling you, we could go on. We might have to do a part because it's so important. It really is. What I want to say, I appreciate all of you all's thoughts and opinions and appreciate, you know, Bobby coming on in particular because it's almost like you almost have to feel like, you know, am I going to get ready for the fire squad or something that you're not? But again, it's really just understanding because like I said, Love is love. I do totally believe in love and I believe couples fall in love regardless of color and all of that. And I think that's wonderful where, again, I reiterate where I feel there's an issue is if you only date women that are not your race mm-hmm. or if you only date men that are your race, whoever that is, whatever race you are, that to me indicates a different kind of problem. That's what is put out there. That's where the negativity. I know I've heard so many black men particularly say this. Well, the things that black women won't do. So I can imagine what they told you, Bobby. (laughs) You don't don't have to believe all of that, first of all, because there are women that will do whatever. Of course. Everybody is, again, it's about their experiences. But I've heard men say that, well, this person won't do that. Or, you know, black women typically this and they have this attitude. I've heard it all, people. (laughs) So I'm trying to bring it all to the forefront so we can have the conversations. This is not a barrier in us finding the love that we need and the love of our lives. We can get past some of these things. It is really about communication, education, educating yourself on somebody else's culture. Believe me, I had to educate myself on the Hispanic culture and understanding how their family dynamics is different than ours, their culture, everything that they do is different. So I had to educate myself in order to have an appreciation for it. Right. Understanding. And that's what we want. We want people to appreciate and to understand each other. This is great. We can go on. Um, We're going to stop for part one. Now it's time for the crazy dating stories. So we have two people that's going to tell us about their crazy dating story. We're going to let Miss Sherry go first. Okay. Well, mine was 
brief, and it was kind of recent, just out on the date, talking, trying to get to know this gentleman. And I like to just throw a little, you know, spin questions in. So I was kind of like telling them about uh, the relationship between me and my son. Sometimes, you know, he can be disrespectful, but he's, you know, he's 40. I'm 61. He's 40. Kids, grandkids, wife, and how sometimes they disrespect me. And uh, his response sitting across the table from me was, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. If we get together now, I'm not going to have any of any of that. He, I'm going to step up to him because don't nobody disrespect my woman in the house. And I'm going to tell them they're going to have to leave and stuff like this. And now I'm thinking he forgot about I said this is my son now. <laughs> you can't be, that's the mother-son kind of thing, you know. And we've been going through this for years and years. I, that's just how me and my son communicate. But at the end of the day, this is still going to be my son. And I'm not going to have you stepping up to my son. This is what I'm seeing in my head. But at the same time, it's telling me the type of guy that he is. He likes the confrontation because me and my son been getting into it for years. I just going to sit over there, be the little grandparent, going to be quiet. They're going to go home. We're going to talk in two more weeks. Everything going to be okay. Because what you're not going to do is step up to my son. You know, it's like sometimes, in, you know, in older dating and everything, you need to know your place. You're coming into an already ready-made family and they already have their dynamics going. They already have their issues going and they've been dealing with those issues. So ain't nobody asking you to be Superman coming here. You know, you're coming from me. So you let me handle this the way we've been handling this for the last 40 years. I deal with that. It's going to be okay. But thank you for telling me that's the way you are. You yeah. Know? That was a flag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not the person you want to be with who want to fight. Yeah. Okay, Adonis? Yeah, it was probably about seven, eight years ago. I, I met this lady and we, this would have been like the third time we would have gone out. She insisted on picking me up from the airport, even though I have a driver. She says, I want to take you to dinner. I said, okay, sure. So we drop off at the place we're having dinner. Um, the waitress takes her order and I could see she was really snippy to the waitress. She brought some things back and it was not right. And she was just really, really very verbally abusive to the waitress. And, and, and I just didn't like it. And so I was about to go and say, when she comes back, let me handle it. She says, okay. So when she came back, she was just really into this waitress. She just lit into her. And I'm like, really? I told you, let me handle it. And she was just so obnoxious. Needless to say, to find out the waitress had her boyfriend had broke up with her that day. And she had just got to work, and that's where she was a little emotional and she had to get things right. And a lot of times people don't get things right. It's not always the waitress for us. But anyway, I, I really look at how people treat folks in service. And I that was our last date because of it. And if you treat somebody like that in service, my, my grandmother was, you know, my son worked in the service industry, you know, and, and for people to just be that rude, there's no room in my life for it. I mean, people are going to do what they do. You just don't have to be in my space. And at my age, I don't have to wait three months, you know, three weeks or three days to know that we're not going to hit it off that way. Yeah, that is a telltale sign and how people treat other people because then it mm -hmm. says something about their character. Well, that was, remember I told you, I date like a recruiter. That was our face-to-face. -face. There was no yeah. need to have a second interview. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, well, thank you. We're going to be looking at other candidates. So that's good. Well, you know what, guys? Thank you so much. Everybody, I want you to thank our special guests for coming on today. <laughs> guys, everybody, if you want to get in touch with these single, our single guests, you just email me. Go to my website, actually, at drgladney.com. And we will make sure and give out their 
information. Otherwise, you have to find them on Facebook. I know y'all gonna do that anyway. Y'all not gonna tell me. <laughs> y'all know how to find them on Facebook. And before we leave, I want to leave you with a challenge of the week. Challenge this week is that we're talking about things that are deep seated. And I want you to take a look inside of yourself. And I just want a, a self-evaluation. Like, where are you? Where are you in this whole dating scene with interracial, with other races? What does that look like? Do you need to think outside the box? Do you need to say, okay, you know, love is love. If you don't, everybody has their preferences, that's fine. But just know why you feel the way you feel. And to be able to articulate that, and that's going to help you as you weave through the, the dating pool, it's exactly where it is that you stand. And just know yourself. So I want to I challenge you to go inside of yourself and question yourself on some of the things even that we talked about and see where you are at this particular time in your life and know what's going to work for you. That's the challenge of the week. With that being said, it is time to go for this week. Please go join us on the Facebook group, Single Life of Dr. G. Go to my website, drgladney.com. And until the next time, I want you to go out there and create your amazing life. This is Single Life with Dr. G. Dating over. <laughs>